Well, I think I might have to change that intro at some point. <laughs> nah. the not too distant future with the, the old Hale Murray, huh? Half of that uh, is still with going to be with us. So the other half might not with, you know, some news that's out there. So we'll, we'll get into that. Welcome to TCR Live. It's been a little while. I am joined by like the full band, like the full band is together. I've got Mr. Aaron Van Buren with the beautiful TCR shirt that, that I sent to him. I'm glad you got it. I'm glad you wear it. I'm glad it fits. It looks great on you better than it looks on me. We have Tyler Bird joining us from uh, way down in Texas and uh, in his new dig. So glad to have you with us. And we got Troy Honaker from Arizona repping the only one of us actually in Arizona. So <laughs> it's good to have you guys all together. There's a lot to talk about. Uh, so we'll, we'll get into all of it. But real quick, going around the horn, Aaron, how are you, sir? I am great. Um, and uh, to, cro- uh, to quote uh, Ron Wolfley, ding dong, the witch is dead. <laughs> yes, it is indeed. And we will definitely get into the whole Cliff and Kime news. Uh, so, Mr. Bird, how are you? I'm good, Joseph. Um, you know, I'm just pleased to be here on a, on a beautiful day with uh, fans from four states and three time zones, and we can all celebrate Steve <laughs> Time no longer being the general manager of the Arizona Cardinals. Um, I, I'm here for it, and uh, I'm happy to see you guys. We got a comment. Who let AV be out of jail? <laughs> I, I, I work in a high school setting now. First year teacher, man. That life, that that learning curve, I'm still going through it. But, you know, I make these when I can. Yes. So I, I think we need to find someone from the, the Pacific time zone, right? You know? We do. Yeah. Would that be like the fifth Infinity Stone or something? Or yes, whatever it is? Yes. We will rule <laughs> the YouTubes. Cardinals fan of Seattle. Yes, yes, yes. Technically, I think I go Pacific time in the summer. Or Every so often, right? yeah. 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 But then we got to find someone from Mountain Zone time. That's right? true. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Troy, All right. how are you, dude? I'm good. I'm good. I'm really. I'm stoked to be back. You know, um, new energy. It's less so much to talk about. And, you know, this last couple of weeks we're kind of pulling teeth there, but uh, we're here. We're having fun. And I wish I remembered to wear my TCR shirt. I, <laughs> I wore it yesterday, and I didn't think yeah. about it, and I kind of slipped my mind. Well, I'm glad you wore it and enjoyed it. So, uh, yeah, I appreciate you all being here. Let's say hey to some of the folks in the chat real quick. Warple, thanks for being here. Now we can finally get that for every like every time like uh, during the video or, or during uh, the season, I put up a poll like what you know, what do you expect for the outcome of the Cardinals upcoming game? Or at least I did that through until it, the season went the way it did. And Warple always wanted a 4-4 tie. So I uh, appreciate score gummy. Yes, yeah, right. We've got Silver Wolf here. Thanks for being here. Uh, mentioning Bears assistant GM Ian Cunningham. We'll interview Thursday. I actually think he may be a good hire. We'll get into that. I'll talk about the GM candidates. We got Chris R. Thanks for being here. What's up, everyone? We have Gary Shaw hanging out with us. Grateful Kime is gone, but little faith in Michael Bidwell finding the right people. Okay. Uh, we have Bob. Let's go. Thanks for hanging out with us. We have Lord Dane. Hello. Thanks for hanging out with us. We have Michael Evans. Hi, guys. We appreciate you hanging out with us. We have Simon, longtime supporter of the channel. Hey, everyone, hallelujah. Our prayers are answered, Answered right? Um, and yes. So, uh, and, you know, oh, we got one more person. Agent 40 said, we did it, Joe. We did it. We got, yeah. So, listen, so there's obviously there's a lot of excitement, I you know, with folks with, with, with the moves 
Um, you know, and, and Troy, you mentioned kind of a different energy. Uh, speaking of energy, Aaron's given us some kind of weird energy. Yeah. And this ceiling energy. Uh, but before we get into... Um, phone life. Phone life, right? For the win. Uh, before we get into, you know, just the deep analysis and getting into everything, I, what I'd really like to do is kind of go around and just tell me how do you, how did you feel when you heard the news or how do you feel, you know, what's the energy you feel about the Cardinals right now with the Kime and the Cliff news? And even if you want to include that with the Hopkins and, and, you know, with the direction, and we'll talk about the Michael Bidwell press conference, what we heard from him. Just what is your vibe right now about the Cardinals? Aaron, we'll start with you. I, I didn't know what to think when they said that he was going to have a scheduled press conference um, for Monday at 2.30 or whatever it was. Um, and I remember I was actually teaching my six-hour weights class, and I actually my, – my students actually told me, hey, Scoop, don't bite the cord. Sorry, my new cat is causing a ruckus. Um, they actually told me, and I, I, I had thought I heard something about Kingsbury, but when they – they said Kime also got let go too. I, I started jumping up and down. Mm. Like I was so relieved and happy for it because um, I know I, I basically long story short, I disliked the hiring and the pairing from the start. And uh, four years later of one heck of a roller coaster that I hope we never duplicate. Um, we should be uh, free from that and finding someone who can draft talent, and a coach that can actually use Kyler Murray in the right way. So I feel very relieved and happy. Okay. Kyler, what's, what's your vibe, dude? You know, it is relieved. It's bittersweet in the sense that I'm, I'm okay with, with both of them being gone. Um, but the apprehension of, of having to go through even a half rebuild, a minor rebuild, it's just, uh, especially with the news of Hopkins coming out, that, kind of signals at least some type of rebuild or at least retooling um especially since you've, you've got Kyler Murray and, and uh sorry to break it to some of you guys but he's not going anywhere he he is the quarterback of the Cardinals and they're gonna retool around him but the retooling is is painful and and it usually is for us and to know that we're still probably again two years away from from even potentially contending is kind of heartbreaking, but um, very relieved that Kime is gone because I just don't think he was the right guy for that job for a very long time. And that one was way, way, way overdue. Um, but Kingsbury, I I don't think he, he was the right guy for the job. I think he was out of his depth in that position. Um, I do, I, I feel bad that a man lost his job. I, I'm glad that he has, has hundred dollar bills to wipe his tears with. Um, <laughs> right. I don't, if I lose my job, but, um, mm. I think he, he genuinely gave everything he had and it's just the sad part of life that sometimes that's not good enough. And in this case, him and Kyler, um, and the, this iteration of the Cardinals just didn't work out. So I do wish him well. And uh, if he wants to coach again, he'll coach somewhere. And, and I'm glad he made a lot of money doing it. So congrats, dude. And, and I'm excited to see 
a coach that can actually use a, a talented franchise quarterback and, and not see my team throw that away. Yeah, I feel that. Uh, Troy, what's your feeling about the whole situation? I mean, yeah, kind of echoing what everyone's saying. It's, it's exciting. It's kind of, you know, changing direction to shift. And I think it's a good sign that um, Bidwell had the courage to do that because I think, you know, previous iterations – think you know we should have sat on the contract like for another two or three years and we've been pulling teeth so i appreciated that um you know now like the chain like who knows what's that next you know like uh maybe the next coach won't be good <laughs> we keep starting all over again you know it's the fear of the unknown is definitely out there but it's kicking in the right direction um the names and kind of the process that uh Bidwell said yesterday sound I mean it sounds good he said all the right things that's kind of the easy it's the easiest part of it all saying it now he actually has to do it which is a whole other thing um but yeah I'm just excited to see some new energy um see what's next and I the D-Hop news kind of sucks but I think it's signaling the right thing and I think that's it's kind of a good signal that they know where they are in the process where sometimes it seemed like Kaim would go all in but not go fully all in and it's just like are you sure you you know where we're at in this process and what we need and don't need and i think the d hop signaling is to be right that it's not a full maybe full rebuild but i mean 2024 is probably the year that we're actually going to start picking up some steam again and d hop probably won't be a part of that process so yeah it's exciting yeah that makes sense I think for me, when I think about how I feel about where things are at, <clears throat> there's there's a certain energy that I just try to put my put my finger on. And the best thing I can compare it to in terms of how I feel is when I moved from Arizona to Texas to go to grad school, you know, and I'd been in Arizona for decades, you know, for a long time, had friends, family there. And then I moved to, you know, Texas. And I would sometimes wake up in the middle, like when I was half asleep, just jolt awake, like, what am I doing here? My friends are back. Like this anxiety about being someplace new, this sort of sort of like, am I doing something the wrong thing? But at the same time, this excitement about what I'm, why I'm here, and what the future holds. And I feel like there's a little bit of energy for me and how I feel about where things are with the Cardinals, where there's this part of me that's like, okay, I hope what we did was really the right move. And I know everyone's gonna say, of course it's the right move, but sincerely like i hope we did the right thing i think we did but there's still some anxiety about moving off of what has been familiar but there's also this excitement okay who's going to be the who are we going to bring in you know you mentioned that that process bid will outline that i thought sounded really good i liked everything i heard from him is that going to bring us someone who's a, a legitimate general manager who's going to do this thing right a coach are we going to do this thing right and build this thing right so it's that sort of anxiety, but excitement that I feel right. And, and I, I, that's kind of how I am experiencing this, but I am, I am excited about it. There's some new energy. I'm going to say, Hey, to some of the folks that have jumped in since we got started, we got, uh, no Donnie, uh, kick rocks, clowns, uh, but well, listen, I, I know people like to say crap about Cliff Kingsbury, but, and I think he's a good dude. Maybe his art choices are a little kind of frat boyish, you know, but he's, you know, through, through, you know, hard knocks, he seems like a good guy. And I, I'm just, I know people like to joke around that. That's just not me. I don't like to like insult 
people like that just i can say he didn't do someone didn't do a good job without saying that's me you know i i i wish him the best he seems like a good guy i think you know i think michael bidwell was sincere about everything he said about cliff that he personally really liked him and respected what he did and his hard work he just needs to go somewhere he needs to be an offensive coordinator under an experienced head coach and further adjust his scheme to the nfl get that experience and it would not shock me if 10 years from now he's a successful head coach somewhere having gone through that process. But right now, it, you know, he needed to move on, right? Uh, we got Jordan P um, saying D-Hop definitely wanted out, saw this coming when he didn't travel with the team last two games because of injury. But uh, last year he was with the team when he was injured. You know, I mean, I had to wonder if Hopkins and, – and the report is that, you know, isn't necessarily that – isn't that he's – isn't that he's requested a trade or anything like that. But I just had to wonder if he doesn't want to be around for that retool, that reset, whatever we want to call it. So that to me, I'm not surprised about this, this report that we're seeing that, that Hopkins, they might look to trade Hopkins. I don't think it's as much about discontent as much as about, they look at it and say, 2023 is going to be a reset year. Hopkins is going to be 32 before we're contending again. Let's give him a chance to go somewhere where he can, be with a competitive, you know, a team that's going to be competitive and let's get some assets to retool. But we'll talk about that more. We got Mikey desert Cardinals. Thanks for being here. Bidwell casting the net far and wide. Great to see. I agree. Lucas uh, Rothblitz. I hope I pronounced your name correctly. Uh, it's rebuilt. So Kyler comes back in 24 season. Just expect next season to be a lost season. Do not bring Kyler back into fully healthy 12 months. Uh, we got JP. Uh, uh, we have interim co-GMs. Yep. We do with, uh, uh, with uh, Quentin Harris and Adrian Wilson. Uh, let's see who else we got. Grand Azure, thanks for being here. Uh, appreciate you all you do holding down the chat. Uh, Lance is not happy, but he's here. He was a big supporter of uh, Cliff, so he's not happy about that. We got Let's Robert. Get a minority. Yeah, well, you know, there, there, there's no, I mean, you what, you know, there's only a handful of people who were. I mean, I think that's probably accurate. Yep. Uh, good evening, Jets. It's been a while. Thanks for being here. Uh, let's see, see if there's anyone else. Wolf Langus, we need a QB for next year too. We'll talk about that more. We got Delo, much love, ready for the future. Um, uh, see if there's anyone else. All right, I think we've hit on everyone at least once in the comments. Thank you for everyone who's hanging out with us. Okay, so let's talk about. I mean, we'll get to the hoppy and stuff more. We'll get to all this, but let's start with. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about our feelings about Cliff. Let's let's talk about the Michael Bidwell press conference what we thought about what we heard, you know, what, what stood out to us about the pro what he's talked about with the process and other things. I know I've mentioned a few of those things, Aaron, what were your thoughts with, with the Michael Bidwell press conference? I had, I had been wanting to get to listen to most of it, but I'll, I only end up hearing very bits and pieces of it. Um, so I, I, I think that, the way that he's going about it is, is good. I mean, and just knowing that they have been bringing in, uh, at least for, for right now, the first GM candidate in Jerry Reese, who did help the Giants win their last two Super Bowls. Um, that was a good start. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm interested to see uh, what that is. I would have to do, you know, I want to do more research on, you know, how, why they ended up parting ways. See, um, but I think, that you know they, they drafted some good players, but back to Bidwell, um, 
it, it's it's a bold move that I, I'm glad he made. And, it, you know, back, I remember reading articles when they went to the Super Bowl, like Michael was doing stuff that Bill never did. He let the team grow. He's willing to try to, you know, push the envelope and go that extra mile. And, and we, we're lucky enough that our, you know, we kind of had some doubts about Michael for a while, but now he's kind of, Re, uh, not redeemed himself, but kind of like sh shown his, shown that we can actually trust him to make the right decision when it's time to, and so I'm I'm really excited to see what this GM search comes up to, and uh, the openness um, for everything was uh, well appreciated. Nice. What do you, what do you think of the press conference, Kyler? I, I did get to watch it last night, and um, I, I was impressed with with Bidwill the the whole way through, really. Um, he at the very least said the right thing. And I think it at least points to some, some type of self-awareness of what his fan base feels and how they've been feeling about things. And I think he talked about things and, and approached them in a, in a really appropriate way. Um, I think he, he was hurt because I'm sure firing people is a horrible feeling and I, I don't think he took any joy in what he had to do, but, um, and I, in a sense, I feel bad for him because he's put himself into the loneliest of positions in which right now he, he is the decision maker of the Arizona Cardinals period. And in a coaching search, he doesn't have a GM to lean on. He doesn't have the long-standing GM who's been in the building for 20 years that he's leaned on, um, which I think is good and gives me even more hope that maybe we get a few things right this time, that uh, we will have completely new energy in the building. But he he's in for a lonely process and, and one in which at, at the end, whatever the end result of the GM and the coach search is, it's on him. He hired the GM and they hired the coach together. Um, and that's tough. I wouldn't want to make those type of decisions. Uh, um, but the, the fact that he obviously for political reasons did not say this outright, but he very much intimated the mistakes in the extension and that the financial cost isn't something that's going to, to hold the team back from being successful. And he, he'll pay what it takes to get the best talent out there. Uh, he did throw in the best The best coach might not be the biggest name. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what that means. But um, that he openly said, because he knows his fan base is concerned about it, that like the money is not an object. We'll find the best people around this team. I think it was encouraging. He did a really good job. And he, he is not his father. Like mm -hmm. Michael Bidwell wants to win. We've gone about it the wrong way in the past, obviously, but he wants to win um, and he doesn't want to just sit around and collect checks from the team. So I respect it and I respect him for, for making the tough decisions. Yeah. Troy, what do you, th what do you think about the press conference? I thought it was good, especially considering, you know, juxtapose that to the Jim Irsay one where he's throwing a tantrum, having a fit, like yeah. feel pretty uh, lucky to have Bidwell. <laughs> uh, collected come cool and collected up there yeah he said all the right things you want to hear you know i appreciate that he really kind of emphasized the external uh searches going on that he wasn't 
you know, he acknowledged that he did do some internal interviews with, you know, um, Adrian and, and Adrian. Yep. And then he did, I'm assuming he interviewed or he's going to interview Vance. He said there's going to be one internal candidate. He said that um, he hadn't yet, but he obviously will. Yeah. Which I think all of us, that gives us all a bit of pause and worry, but I think you kind of have to out of, out of respect for Vance and like, it's like a formality just because like James better or Betcher, you know, was the yep was supposedly a strong candidate uh in the cliff or the year after um uh arians Arians, exactly so yeah it's good great you want to hear um i think it was kind of good for him to feel a little bit of the uh the journalistic angst (laughs) coming back in his face because uh they're professionals too and they have to work and deal with this uh organization on a day-to-day basis and just some of the the disaster that was this season was definitely Part and due to some of the leniency going on in that building, which I'm sorry goes flows all the way up to the top. So mm. it's good to hear. Um, again, it's all words until it gets pen. You know, it's all words until you see the stuff on the field, and uh, I'll be waiting till then. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, he's better than Bill Bedwell, which isn't saying much. But you know, yeah, I, and I think the whole Bill Bidwell just. I think his biggest deal, he's, he was stubborn about the way he did things. You know, he owned his team for so long and it was set in the way, you know, I think there was just such a reputation for the Cardinals of kind of just having a way they do things. And the Bengals as an organization are kind of like that too. Um, I, I love, I really liked what I saw in the press conference and from things I'm hearing, not just from you gentlemen, but from other people on social media, it feels like that press conference coupled with the fact that he made the move when people didn't think he would was a win for Michael Bidwell, right? The firing cliff. Yes. And even though kind technically wasn't fired, he, he resigned, um, you know, how, how, I don't know what happened behind closed doors, but I have to wonder how much of that was a conversation, a dialogue about, can why don't you do this for to gracefully step away? I don't know, but Regardless, the fact that they're gone and then all the things he said at the press conference, the way he approached it and the way he, you know, he, he, although he said things tactfully, he, he, uh, he kind of addressed head on the concerns and the issues and and the dysfunction and things, you know, and so it seems like it was a big win for Michael, um, the whole deal. Uh, And I think, I think he's gained some newfound respect from some of the fans who didn't think he would, you know, that had thought he would just be cheap and, you know, you know, not, uh, you know, deal with, with the cost. I, I've always been kind of a fan of Michael Bidwell, um, you know, since he took over, he's not, you know, he's made some mistakes. I've, I've repeatedly said like that the independent study clause, I think was a mistake, whatever you might think of Kyler, it was bad PR and it got out. But I also think he's a guy who has shown a willingness to take the Maya culpa. Like he, you know, he, that was out within 24 hours. Uh, he let the, he signed off on drafting a quarterback in the fr- number one overall year after taking one in the first round. If your ego's in the way, you don't, as an owner, you don't sign off on that. Right. Yeah. And he, and he did this, right. He is not now he doesn't come out and necessarily say I made a mistake, but he, he doesn't, he's willing to take the PR hit walk back mistakes right i I Um, think it's important too that he recognized for the trajectory of the franchise as a whole he gave cliff the three years and they got better every year they made the playoffs we got blown out everything's been a, a, a dumpster fire since then and this season 
not coming anywhere close to the playoff is his limit as an owner. Like him setting some type of expectations that that this team needs to have a certain level of success and giving you another year to get back to to eight nine or nine eight isn't good enough anymore. We have to get someone new. That's the new thing for the Cardinals. And like yeah. you, you mentioned about the Cardinals way and the Bengals way. Well, frankly, the Cardinals way sucks. We haven't won anything yeah. ever. We have never won a Super Bowl. And we've been to one in the oldest franchise in the NFL. If, if that's your way, then you need to change that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and if he's the guy to do it, power to him, respect yeah. to, to Michael. He wants to win and he's finding his way to it. And hopefully this next step is, is the one, one towards it. hundred percent. Let me say, Hey, to some of the folks that have dropped in real quick and then we'll get, I, I want, I've got a segue that uh, I want to jump into. We got Chadison McGraw. Thanks. Chadison McGraw. Thanks for hanging out with us. I'm actually sad to see Kyle go, to be honest, but uh, he was getting awful past few years, bad contracts, bad, free agents no great trades looking forward to something new though we've got cali kid is jim hannafin still alive coach jim hart up pretty well you answer that for him aaron no he's not uh we got uh paul g dropping in thanks for being here mike will look distraught in the presser i think he was i think he was sincerely didn't enjoy having to fire a coach he's come to like as a human you know i th- i think that was sincere in my opinion uh, we got PHX Scotty. Thanks for being here. I can totally see Cliff joining Bill Belichick. A lot of people have said that. I agree. He played under him briefly, you know, when he was in the NFL. I think that's a great fit for him to go to. I agree. Uh, see who else is in here. We got uh, Ghost Balls, shoulder, chest, pants, shoes. Uh, I think he's referencing, referring to Cliff's lucrative Curse and JC Penny catalog uh, menswear model. Or he's a or he's a big little boosy fan. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know what that is because I'm old. All right. Uh, Let me down. Yeah. And then uh, we got K.R. Gordon. Oh, yeah. I'm back. Loving the firing. Okay. He's he's on board with that. And then this is going to be the segue. Paul's asked me, TCR, why in the world would you want Adrian Wilson as GM? Great player, great guy, scouting pro players, not very good. No experience dealing with contracts. So let me, let me kind of address this and use this as a segue. Paul is referencing a video I put out back in November uh, about how I would fix the Cardinals. And at the time I mentioned that, my, you know, I think I would give Adrian Wilson uh, a shot. Now I, I will tell you, Paul, um, my opinion has changed and since then. Now, let me also say though, I don't buy into the whole argument. Wilson learned under Kime, therefore he will suck. Jason Light worked under Kime and built a roster that won a Super Bowl. So I don't buy that argument. I think some, I think people are their own people who come up to that position, but I think I, I am now on the, in the place where I want to bring someone from the outside, not because I think the stink of time is on the people inside the building, but from a pragmatic perspective, I think we, you mentioned the Cardinals way, the Cardinals have hired from inside so, so long, all these GMs, there's such an insular process set of processes. And I think they need to bring in a GM who has worked in another organization who can say, this is how we did things there. Right. And bring new processes. And I don't even think it's about a toxic culture. I, I don't think the culture is as bad as people think it is. I just really think it's just, they haven't had fresh outside processes. So I, at this point would actually, and we'll get to some of the candidates I actually have now moved to the place where I want to 
go with the GM from another organization. I, in fact, actually on that video, I pinned a comment with that update. So if anyone who watches it now, who reads the comments, they see where I've kind of said, Hey, you know, this is actually what I would do now. Um, so I've moved in that direction. And I also think that would be very good for Adrian Wilson's career to get to work under another GM from somewhere else, uh, you know, who, who can kind of teach him some other processes and then that will help him to become a GM at some point, you know, here or somewhere else. Um, so there's, there's your answer, Paul. I actually, at this point have a different opinion on that. Um, so uh, real quick, saltiest gamer just jumped in here. Thanks for being here. What's up everyone. Appreciate you hanging out with us. So, Let's use that as a segue to talking about the GM search. Um, so, you know, there's there's a list of names of folks that have been reported that they are going to interview them. Uh, the, they include, uh, and actually, let me go ahead and I'm going to share this screen because I've got like a, it's just a simple Word document. Y'all have to uh, kind of bear with me on this, but let me make it bigger so you can read it. These are the names I've got so far of the GM candidates. Let me make it bigger so we can see them. All right. And just some notes that I've made about them. We have uh, Ian Cunningham. He's currently a Bears assistant GM. He's only been there just this season. He was with the Eagles before that. And then with the Ravens for a long time, there's a report that they're going to interview him this Thursday. Uh, he's also going to be interviewed by the Titans. Uh, we have, let me make that even a little bigger. I feel like it's a little hard for you all to see. We have, uh, Rand Carthon, who's a 49ers director of player personnel. He's been with them also, uh, or he's been with the Rams and the, the Falcons before that in various roles. Adam Peters, the assistant, uh, GM. And, uh, he was also the VP of player personnel. He's been with the Broncos and with the Patriots. Monty Ossifort, who is the Titans director of player personnel, He's been with the Patriots before that, the Texans and the Vikings. And most recently report Jerry Reese. He, and he's been with the Giants since 1994 through 2017. Uh, started out in scouting roles and director of player personnel. And then the GM, I think, from 2007, I think, through 2017. Uh, I think those are the years. So anyway, these are the GM candidates. He's also interviewed, uh, you know, uh, the two internal candidates, Q and Adrian Wilson. Um, so looking at this, he, he said he's going to cast the net far and wide, right? And certainly he's uh, looks like, you know, he is doing that. And there's probably going to be some other other names that he adds. Um, so let's start with you, Aaron. What are your thoughts on the GM search, the, these candidates or other candidates? Any thoughts you want to mention on this? Um, to be honest, the all of these names are the first time I'm hearing about them. Uh, maybe that's just me living in rural, uh, rural Southwest Michigan. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but, um, you know, I'm neutral. I'm willing to, you know, go and do the research. Um, I kind of alluded earlier in the video how I would, you know, really, I was really kind of impressed that we were talking Jerry Reese with the, with the giants. Um, but I, you know, as you were kind of explaining that, um, I always, uh, or actually, a, a name that I would want to throw possibly into the hat is uh, actually uh, Thomas Dimitrov. He's not really working in the NFL. He's working for an analytics company right now. But he took Atlanta from the depths of the NFL to the top, you know, pretty fast with that Julio Jones trade. And, um, yeah, they, they, they won six uh, division championships. And, 
they were this close to win the Super Bowl before we all know what happened. But you can't blame that on the team president or the GM. So um, it, it's it's it, the outside mind is going to be so refreshing for uh, an almost familial ran uh, front office uh, for um, for the Cardinals and to have someone come in and be like, you know, like you said, new ideas, different, uh, different way of thinking. It's, it's going to do a lot. And I think that for once, you know, maybe the first time in a long time that we would actually, once we go through a draft or, or two with this new GM, we would actually kind of know what this GM is going to do because we always, I have been saying it and the last two years when I wrote for Raising Zona is like, if you think you're going to get the guy you want in the first round, well, think again. And then if you think you're going to get him again, well, think again, because he always shocked. You had never knew what was going on with the draft process. Um, so a steady hand with the draft um, would be welcomed. And uh, I look forward to seeing uh, who we uh, end up choosing. Nice. Nice. Uh, Kyler, what are your thoughts on, on the GM search and maybe some of these names? I'm pretty impressed with the list as it stands right now. I, I think there are other um, impressive guys out there that deserve to, to be looked at. Um, just to address the the A-dub stuff, we all love him. We, we adored him as a player. Just because that's your heart talking doesn't mean that he deserves to be the general manager. Um, I think a lot of Cardinals fans are getting those two signals mixed up. Um, and it's not because he's tainted by his association with, with Steve Kime, like you pointed out. It's just that, is he really ready to take that role? Like, he, he's held the position right, and he was a player, but um, statistically, being a player does not make you a better scout or a better GM. It has no correlation with your job performance. So just because he was a, a legend as a player does not guarantee that he's going to be a good GM. And like we've mentioned, I, I think you just have to get blood from, from outside the family. You know, we, we have been European Habsburg breeding our front <laughs> office for a long time. I get the reference. I don't even know what that is, but that's funny. <laughs> and, and it's not working. And, and the NFL is not a business where you get to, to hire consultants or you get to call up another team and go, hey, how do you do this? How do, how do you scout? Like, it's a competition. You don't get to do that. The only way to get that insight into how other organizations are run are by hiring people who have worked in those organizations. And, and you have to look at well-run, consistently successful teams like the Ravens, who are my favorite because their front office is pristine. Yes. Their drafts are beautiful. Mm-hmm. And their their front office is never the part of the organization that's that's off. They put teams together that can win whatever. Now, things happen and life is life. You're not going to win the Super Bowl every year or anything like that. But that front office runs like a machine and their drafts every year are insanely good. Um, so someone like Joe Ortiz, who's their, their director of player personnel, would be a great candidate um and ian cunningham has had time with the ravens all quite a lot of time with the ravens and i think he's 
one of the most intriguing jerry reese is the big name but ian cunningham right after him and and adam peters too i mean the 49ers put together good teams even though they can't figure out the quarterback thing but um but adam peters um with the patriots broncos during a, a pretty good time during that franchise's history and uh and the 49ers recently there are good options here and i i think you just have to go with one of them over one of your guys and i know that's going to hurt bidwill as like a, i don't know if he thinks of himself as the father of this family or like some type of mafia boss but you you gotta marry outside the family at some point i think the yeah. mafia boss analogy is a little apropos because i believe his great-grandfather was a uh, al capone's uh lawyer <laughs> yeah. so yeah so, yeah, yeah. you know might be, yeah. Runs in the family, right? <laughs> right, right. Uh, real quick, let me say hey to some of the folks that jumped in here. Then we'll get to you, Troy. Uh, Karagord th- saying, what's up, Joe? Appreciate you being here with us. We've got AR uh, is a new coach, wants his own QB. Is that a deal breaker? I think that that I, – I think they're not – I think anyone they bring in is bringing in under the mindset that they're going to work with and try to, quote, unquote, fix Kyler or whatever the situation around him. So I, I don't I think yes I guess you could say it's deal breaker like if you're not willing to work with Kyler they're not going to hire you that based on the contract and everything. Uh, Troy, what are your thoughts on on the GM search and the GM list? So like my initial thoughts are you know if we to move on from Kyle and again that it's not so much anti Adrian Wilson anti Quentin Harris it's I wanted something who's progressive analytic focused and just really outside perspective which. Kyle Odegaard in one of his recent articles, um, and again, he was in the building, so he's very ingrained. You know, he knows that organization. He's no Mike Jarecki. Yeah, (laughs) Mike Jarecki, who can't form a coherent sentence on Twitter, but um, sorry. But Uh, he can get into your DMs and tell you to F off because he does. And then block you. And then block you. And then block you. he said that the Cardinals have been getting better in the analytics department, but they're still miles off from the top organizations like the Eagles and Ravens. That's funny. And then an hour later, Ian Cunningham's name pops up. So that's always very intriguing to hear and yeah. exciting. Um, but really, just at the end of the day, it's just someone who is analytic-focused, progressive, and really just can move this organization in the right direction. I mean, these are all it's this front-of-house personnel stuff. It's so hard. Like, you can't really tell because you don't know whose decision what like in like the in cunningham guy he's been getting flack because of uh the bears traded a second round pick for um chase claypool which no one likes that deal so it's like oh is that his decision we don't know whatever like yeah. it's so hard to tell um but you know i think their pedigree and the full resume is really what you gotta look for and so right now i'm seeing a lot of things we like you know a lot of 49ers uh eagles ravens a lot of these in tennessee you know who's been great for up until this year. <laughs> they just yeah. fired their uh, uh, GM. Um, I think the Jerry Reese one is a little strange because he's much older. And again, like Jordan Pia said, his draft history is kind of sketchy, but has a relationship with Sean Payton. So I'm not sure, you know, I think as long as, um, I just think we just got to get this franchise more into the 21st, I guess even 22nd century. I don't know. More analytics. Got to, this isn't, you know, we're Moneyball right now. We're the Oakland A's still uh, talking about that guy doesn't run right or something when it's really. Uh, but what does he base. do? He gets, he gets on base. On base. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so 
and I think I want to just put up a comment here that to kind of segue to a point on this, um, you know, something that oh, I just lost the comment about all these candidates. When you, when you look at these candidates, like um, I think that you have to look at there's uh, going to be something they're, they're going to have ties. to. I think here we go. Uh, Lance says, if we don't get a GM and coach that's already gelled before they get hired here, I think it's going to be tough sledding. And I think I'm using, I want to use that as kind of a segue that I think a lot of these candidates are legitimate candidates on their own right, but I think they're also partly on the list because of potential coaches they're looking at. I don't think that's the case in all necessarily for all of the, the people they're going to interview. And, I, and again, I think they'd interview some of them regards that, but like you look at Ian Cunningham, right? He, he was with the Eagles until last year. And I think Shane Sykin, a name I've mentioned, will probably be a guy they interview, right? So they'll have familiarity. Obviously, the 49ers guys, D'Amico Ryans, if they, they plan to interview him, both of those candidates have worked with him. Um, I don't see a direct connection with Monty Osford with any names I've seen. I don't think there's anyone out of the Patriots organization, Titans, as a coaching candidate at this point. So he might just be a guy that because – he has a good reputation. Jerry Reese, people, someone, people have mentioned that Sean Payton was on the Giants uh, coaching staff at, for a while. I guess I, I'd have to, I haven't fact checked that if anyone else can, but I've seen people say that. Um, and uh, so maybe part of the re, I, I think part he is an experienced GM, and they want to do as he said, cast the net far and wide, and that's another person to interview. But it might also be that if they if they are looking at Sean Payton that that's a guy that maybe, you know, has had familiarity to work with him. Um, so I think there's also, you have to look at some of those, those connections as well. Uh, but I share, um, and anyone who's, you know, been here on these live streams long enough knows this. I share an affinity for the Ravens way of doing things with, with Kyler here. So to me, Ian Cunningham, yeah, yes. <laughs> Ian so Cunningham bad. to me, is maybe the guy I like best on this list at this point in time um, because he's been a scout for the Ravens. So he learned under Ozzie Newsome and then the Eagles have built a really good roster, right? So that's, so he's been there for that. So he's learned under two really well-run organizations. And then, you know, to your point, uh, you know, Troy, the whole thing, you know, people, I've heard people kind of say, well, you know, that whole trade, that first round pick or whatever, Chase Craypool say, I don't want Ian Cunningham because I'm like, now, one, we don't know if he made that decision. Even if he did, like, there's this whole philosophy of process over results that is what basically means get the right process long term and establish it, and and don't make your decisions based on individual results, like a you know small sample size of results. Right, one bad trade doesn't mean someone can't be a good GM. What you want is someone who has a good process, set up a good process, and over the long haul, there will be good more more good outcomes than bad outcomes, right? So that process over results. So I'm not gonna I'm not going to ding anyone for one bad move, even if it if and we don't even know how much hand he had in that, right? Um, so for me, that Ian Cunningham is really interesting, but these all look like good names in, in one way or another, and probably some of it has to do with maybe is there a coach that looks like they're emerging, you know, as a favorite. So yeah. True. Or, or Aaron. Um, just, uh, I looked up the Sean Payton coaching history. 
Um, it looks like he was with the Giants from 1999 to 2002. And apparently, according to Wikipedia, this is a really crazy tidbit about Sean Payton. Uh, on September 11th, 2001, the Giants were playing in Denver for the first Monday night football game of the season. And at about 7 a.m. that morning, they landed next to United Flight uh, 93, wow. which later crashed and was hijacked. Crazy. Which I didn't even know that. And that apparently is in Sean Payton's book. So Interesting. It, okay. That's crazy. So – yeah, so there there is that connection there. So I think that's that's kind of an interesting you know thing to keep in mind as well. But I I like I like the list of names. Uh, some folks have mentioned in the chat that there's some other names that that they think they're or that that have come up as candidates. So we'll hear more about them. Like Paul says, Mike uh, Borgonzi, assistant chiefs GM. I, I guess maybe I don't know if you're saying we should interview him or if he is a candidate. Uh, Elliot Wolf and Ed Dobbs are two candidates as well. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Right. Um, so yeah. So the, I think I like, I like the direction it's going to, uh, let, let me just get a couple comments and respond to uh, MKT Bongo. Thanks for being here. Okay. But are you guys in a hard knocks episode? Like Joe finally made it alive. Good to see everyone. So, I need some uh, details on that. So, okay. I went to the Atlanta game, right. I, uh, with a good buddy of mine, uh, and, uh, there, I, I was actually sitting like three, ro- two or three rows behind David Blau's wife and parents. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't realize who it was, but I, I remember seeing them and you know his parents and Cardinal stuff, and I just remember them. And and then I saw the episode. They're talking to him. I'm like, oh, I was sitting right behind them. But uh, there's there. I watched the ep- the last episode. There's two points where I can see myself this big. In the background, my, my, my gray beard and my Marcus Golden jersey. So, uh, yes, there were two very brief points where I can see myself in the background. And if you aren't, if you don't know to look for me, you won't see me because it's just in the crowd. Uh, but I had a great time at the game. I was wearing my Marcus Golden jersey, and I'm there. And I uh, uh, actually, a person who's a subscriber to the channel uh, on Twitter was messaging me, and he's like, Hey, Marcus Golden was trying to get your attention. I'm like, what? Because I mean, I was like that close that you could see them. Apparently, he saw my jersey and wanted to wave. So I'm like, I, I saw the tweet and I thanked the guy. And then the, at halftime, I made a point. I knew the players would be running back out, so I'm standing up and I'm watching. And when Marcus Golden comes running, I'm like, Marcus! And he saw me, and I just like pointed at him, he waved and smiled, and saw. You know, I was one of probably only a few Marcus Golden jerseys, you know, in in, in that building, but. uh yeah, it was a great time. So yeah, that's that's the story about uh, me being on Hard Knocks for just a brief second, right? So yes, a uh, couple other folks real quick that jumped in here. Level seven D Hop for CD or D Hop for Mike Williams. I don't think CD is going to be going anywhere. Uh, I think they trade him. They're trading him for draft picks. That's kind of my opinion, right? Uh, the catalog Red Sea. Are we happy? The everything I'm hearing from people is that most people are happy, uh, with a few exceptions. Uh, Joy, uh, Joy, thanks for being here. Um, let's see, Michael, can you all just hire Vance as a head coach? And then I'll, I'll uh, Michael is a Seahawks fan. Thanks for being here. And I'll use, I'll tie that to Lance's question here. Why fire Cliff and not Vance? Thoughts? Um, so, so okay. The whole thing with Vance. Um, my my take on that is. Um, they they're they're not firing any of the rest of the coaching staff immediately um but what they're gonna do is one they're not firing vance because they plan to interview him as a candidate 
Okay, so you don't fire. You're not. They're not going to fire him and then interview him. So they're going to keep him, retain him. But whoever the next head coach is, I think is just going to get to make the decision about their whole staff. So Vance, if the next head coach does not want to retain Vance, Vance will be will be leaving, unless the next head coach is Vance, which I just I don't think it will be. Um, so I think it's just a more of a logistics thing. So, you know, when the new head coach comes in, that person is going to get to choose if they want to retain anyone, if they want them to walk. So that's, that's kind of my take on that. Uh, but of course, yeah, any GM that keeps Billy Davis needs no. to no, no, not Billy Davis, right? Yeah, thank you, Paul. Thank you. Yes, uh, we got Keenan Oaken. Thanks for being here. I want Ken Dorsey or Eric the Enemy. Um, so yeah, so that's that's just kind of to address that. As Joe is a star now, I I'm in the crowd. So, but but you know, uh, okay. So I, I I kind of monopolize that, but let's talk a little bit. Let's use that as a chance to talk about the coaches. Um, so, you know, we, we, there have been some names they've mentioned that they're going to internally, you know, interview Vance, you know, I, I think as, you know, as if nothing else is a courtesy, uh, or as, you know, crossing, you know, uh, you know, looking at all options. Um, you know, I've mentioned in my video, I had D'Amico Ryan's and Shane Steichen as my top two. I know, uh, Troy has mentioned that with Shane Steichen. Well, He's got a really good roster there, so maybe, maybe you know, maybe he isn't necessarily all that in a bag of chips. Um, I've also come to think that Ben Johnson. Well, and Jalen Hurts got hurt yeah. on a QB sneak, so that yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah, that's what's with too. what's with Philly quarterbacks getting hurt when they take the ball. <sighs> yeah, I don't even know. <laughs> so uh, Ben Johnson to me is another name. You know, the the Detroit Lions offensive coordinator who I I really like. Um, so. Uh, let's let's go around and kind of your y'all's thoughts on the, the head on potential head coaches. Obviously, Sean Payton, everyone's talking about. So maybe talk about maybe you know those are probably like a sign. Like I would love Sean Payton. I just don't want to trade a first round pick for him. We've talked about that before. But if we get Sean Payton, I'll be happy. I just hope we don't give up a first round pick for him. Aside from Sean Payton, to me, it's D'Amico, Ryan, Shane, Second, and Ben Johnson are my top three. Aside from him, so why don't we go around and each of you give us your thoughts and maybe who some of your, some of your top coaching candidates you'd like to see are um, for, for the Cardinals. Let's start with Aaron. Um, obviously. Yeah. I think we're all in the same boat with Sean Payton. Um, I think we would start doing cartwheels to the cows came home. Um, but if there's somebody, if we didn't get him, um, I actually would really love Jim Harbaugh. Um, because the moxie he has and the kind of the no BS attitude uh, gives me a lot of reminders of what Bruce Arians was. And in, in the NFC West, I mean, we, nobody really has that ability right now. I mean, the Seahawks got in by, you know, you know, because of the butt of Amon Ross and Brown. Um, and it's not like the, uh, you know, the Niners, yeah, but they, you know, it's kind of like a you default. Someone has to win it. So basically, I think Harbaugh would uh, come and be a welcome presence. And I, I remember, I think it was like after a, a Monday or Thursday night win against the Rams in St. Louis, like 2014, where I think we had like six or seven sacks on them. 
and I can't remember what the exact count was, but Arians just dropped a one line of red after the game, like, and it was just like the sweetest thing ever. And that fired up the fan base. I think Harbaugh's personality uh, would, you know, rile up and get people back into the stadium, which is something that you know Bidwell wanted to avoid was, you know, looking like uh, Allegiant Stadium uh, for the Raiders and having everybody else come in. So um, Harbaugh would be my number two. Um, and then uh, a very close second, D'Amico Ryan or third, D'Amico Ryan's. Okay, nice. Kyler, what are your thoughts? Outside of the Sean Payton lottery, I, I think D'Amico Ryan's is the front runner for my consideration. Um, I think Vance Joseph would be the easiest way to kill fan enthusiasm for even the slightest rebuild whether he deserves it or not really isn't the question it's just what what can fans handle and and i don't think we can um so i i don't think it will be vance i think that's just an internal thing and you know doing the right thing and and interviewing the guy um but domingo ryan's he has just done wonders like he he is a fabulous coach i know it's a different side of the ball but um that's not always a bad thing. Um, Ken Dorsey, I like a lot. Defensive coordinator for the Bills. I mean, they, they've been putting up points for a long time, and it, they benefit from having that connection with, with Josh Allen and, and Stephon Diggs, but uh, it's just a w- pretty well-run offense, pretty efficient. Um, and the same thing about Ben Johnson. I, I like him a lot. Um, he is coming from a Detroit culture that at least is improving, and and I was really rooting for the the Lions at the the second half of the season. Like they they've got the grit, and like they're just easy to root for. And uh, Dan Campbell on live TV saying, um, "We're just playing hard so that they don't make the playoffs." Was just like the dopest thing a coach has ever said. Um, I love that. Um, Jim Harbaugh. I think is a very good coach. I don't think he's leaving Michigan. I think they will eventually give him the money that he wants. I mean, I'll help get him there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you go kidnap Jim Harbaugh and you bring him in. Um, I mean, he'd get the chance to play the Niners twice a year, so maybe he would like that. Um, the The craziest idea I've heard out there is Lincoln Riley. I think the last thing we need to do right now is hire another college <laughs> Another coach straight from college, you know, Jim Harbaugh has, has done it and walked the walk. So he, he's a different story. No. Uh, yeah. No to Lincoln Riley, please. But Ken Dorsey, Ben Johnson, D'Amico Ryan, and, and obviously I'll be through the roof if Sean Payton actually becomes a coach. I, I do think he is the home run here, whereas all the others have their, their question marks because they've never been head coach before. Um, but there are a lot of good candidates out there. Right? There's a lot of good directions to go. Yeah. Um, real quick, I want to say thank you to Back to Constitution with a super sticker. Thank you so much. A longtime supporter of the channel. I appreciate all that support. It's helped me to continue to build on what I'm doing. So thank you so much. Sincerely appreciate that. All, all the folks who are channel members and supporters and everyone who watches the videos, that definitely helps. Um, so, Troy, what are your thoughts on coaches? Who are your kind of top names? Yeah, I'm kind of in on the Sean Payton, obviously, train. Um, again, I'm going to reference him probably all day, but Kyle Odegaard, 
says, and he's a smart guy, that it's not going to cost a first-round pick. I know the Saints are saying that, but mm-hmm. he says we would not have to give up our third pick because I, if it comes to the third pick and Sean Payton, I don't know if that might be a little too rich for my blood. Yeah. Um, I know there's – this is probably a tangent, but I know there's a lot of discourse going on about the – how many top five draft picks actually pan out versus how many coaches they get traded for first round. Like the coaches are far more successful, but Joe, I'm going to cater to your analytics side here and be like, the sample size is a lot smaller on the coaches side than it is on draft picks. So Mm -hmm. don't know if that's the best argument. Um, So yeah, so the Sean Payton, I think that's exactly what this organization needs, especially if he's coming with uh, Vic Fangio, who's like the godfather of the modern uh, NFL defense at the moment. Like, that's just very salivating at the moment. Um, if not Sean Payton, then again, I'm, I'm going to repeat it. D'Amico Ryans is my number two just because uh, that San Fran D is just insanely good. And like other than Bosa and like Fred Warner, there's really not like a lot of vast kickers, but yet they're still just, you know, kicking ass. Like, exactly. And then, like, every year. Great Greenlaw? Yeah, but like these guys just keep coming in out of nowhere and they just keep playing and doing so well side tangent about the gm with adam peters they've been building a roster that's probably going to compel two successive defensive coordinators into head coaching positions they they know how to build their team and they know how to build their defense robert sala got a head coaching gig and D'Amico ryan's if not the coach for us is going to be a head coach somewhere next oh a thousand percent um, is, sorry, is saying imagine being a first time GM in your first move is to draft a coach right? yeah there's, <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot of instability the thing with Ryan's that worries me a bit um, is I don't know who the offensive coordinator would be because I feel like we've just picked that or the San Francisco coaching tree has been literally like picked to the bone like I don't know who else is there that's of value or is good um, I mean I don't know that could be super dismissive uh I have this weird pine in the sky, not theory, but my dream pick. And I said this before uh, the national championship to Joe, but I want to say it again. If Todd, if he could make a play for Todd uh, Monken, you know, the OC for Georgia, okay. who's, been, who's NFL proven, he's been, he's did wonders under Dirk Cutter at the Bucks. I mean, if you just watched that game last night. That was an offensive dream. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's just pie in the sky and super theory. And uh, I don't know. My my indie, my hot take, as it were. Um, and third, I think I think I'm more in the Frank Reich train than some other people are. Um, I think he kind of got the raw end of the deal at um, Indy with the quarterback situations. The thing that worries me is that, like, when, that, when it went bad in Indy, it went bad pretty fast. Like, they couldn't beat the Jaguars to get into the playoffs. That's slightly but worrying. He was just doing malpractice with the play calls and the game time decisions. Yeah. So I don't know. If, I think the Frank Reich is the least exciting out of all of them. Um, just because I think he's he's a little underrated for sure. But like, I don't know. You know, what I would suggest sure. is I think when you have a young head coach like D'Amico, let's say they brought in D'Amico Ryan's. And you're right, that San Francisco offensive coaching tree has been picked clean, you know, um, it seems like. Um, but, like, 
I, when you have a young coach, sometimes you get a veteran on the other side of the ball. That's like with, you know, with Cliff, they brought in Vance. And what, what if Frank Reich was an offensive coordinator? Because it's not a shoe and he's going to get a head coaching gig. I mean, he'll get interviews, but there's only, what is there? Six head coaching uh, openings. Maybe he might get five right now. I think there's only five. So he might, there could be a surprise. Right. So if Peyton gets a job somewhere, which it seems like he will, you know, and I think D'Amico Ryans will get one. You know, there's enough names out there that it's possible he gets shut out as a head coach. And he being an offensive coordinator, you know, that that would be his next step. So someone like that might be an option at, at, at offensive coordinator. Right. Yeah. So this is where I'm thinking Frank Reich would be an amazing OC with D'Amico Ryan's as head coach, as JP or Jordan P says here. So that might be an interesting pairing with 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 Ryan's there. And interesting enough, anecdotally, like. I've kind of, I said one time, I, the thing I worry about with Kyler is that he's, hopefully he's not following the Carson Wentz type uh, story arc where like, you know, when it's kind of good, you're not hearing much when things are going bad. People say how difficult he is. He's kind of arrogant, blah, blah, blah. Frank Reich was the only one that really could get with Wentz and get the best out of Wentz. So maybe yeah. he'd be a good fit for Kyler. I don't know. Um, and granted, we don't, I think some of those Kyler stories are a bit, over exaggerated because yeah. some people in the building don't like him, but whatever it is, what it is. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not totally against it. I think it's the least exciting, but maybe that's not what this organization needs at this moment. Maybe it doesn't need exciting; just needs steady. Yeah, I want to mention the Harbaugh thing, and I, I've I've gone on record on this before. I'm out on Harbaugh because of his, his abrasive personality and. Like, I know there's some people who think, no, that's what you need. You need someone coming here who's going to be a hard ass who's going to straighten up whatever this, that, and the other. But, like, and that, that, that sounds appealing to some people's, you know, kind of mentalities. But, like, he's a guy who has a reputation for being hard to work with and abrasive. And for me, like, you look at what this organization has been through in terms of all, uh, all the kind of turmoil and stuff and the off the field stuff and the drama and this, but I think the last thing you need to do is bring in a coach who has a, a, a history of having had that stuff be with him, you know? So to me, I don't want to bring that guy in for that reason. Uh, I know he's, he's been a successful coach, but I think what you need is someone who's, who's going to do a good job, but also not bring unnecessary drama. I don't know. What, what do y'all think? Our Lord and Savior Odegaard kind of shot down the Harbaugh areas. Uh, nice. Well, he said he, but he said at the same time, anything. at the same time, though, if you have Jed York and um, oh my God, who's the other person that was crazy over it? Trent Bulky, like ruining your roster, I, you'd go mad too. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, yeah. But I think there are a lot of reports that he's not going to be. A candidate here or not interested here or something so i think it's probably a moot point yeah anyway so i think we've got a good point on the personality thing though because we already saw all the reports about tension between cliff and kyler i don't think it's personal tension as much as it just was frustration and not winning football games um and to a degree i don't agree with um, having to cater around the sensitivities of, of a young quarterback. But, like, I work at a university with, with young 18 to 22-year-olds. So do you, Joe. And then, Aaron, you work with young people now, too. Like, 
the Jim Harbaugh attitude, I just don't think vibes with that generation of of people. Um, and Kyler you're right, included among them. I mean, Kyler Murray's 25. Like he, uh, he's one year younger than me. But like we're still mentally children in, in many ways. Um, and I just don't think that Jim Harbaugh hard ass energy is is what's going to get through to a guy like Kyler. So. I don't think we need to coddle the guy. He's <laughs> playing a professional game and getting paid a lot to do it. But why why have an unnecessary personality conflict if you don't have to? Yeah. The interesting, the interesting thing is Winefist, when he was on with the PHNX guys, he alluded to that um, Kyler wants to be coached hard. And it was Cliff's kind of nonchalant mm-hmm. personality that was like, that was like a cause of the tension. But they like, they're not confrontational people, I guess. So they would never like, talk about it <laughs> surprise surprise but like it he's wine fist alluded to that it was kyler wanting to be coached hard and it was cliff just you know i mean i think we all know this about cliff and we kind of saw it, that he treated everyone like professionals because the, they're not professional athletes that kind of should be the standard but that's not the reality anymore it's like you're saying i think men and people in general are aging at a slower rate these days just because of society and you know the how we're brought up and 25 year old men are not the same 25 year old guys 20 years ago you know there's there are different uh, maturity levels so totally agree with everything guys and i think what you said kyler's maybe part of the reason i'm a little more sympathetic towards kyler's personality than i think kyler murray's personality than a lot of other people i mean i'm older but like i work with college age and i just i don't see anything about his personality that's all that atypical for his generation and i don't and i don't i just don't see it as a problem every generation Every generation, I think I message every generation Socrates has thought the next generation is going to hell in a handbasket. And what was it you said that uh, <laughs> uh what was it? He thought Aristotle was an arrogant prick, probably. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, Socrates thought Aristotle was a little prick and he was right. <laughs> and I just think there's that kind of generational thing and that I think is is just not as big of a deal as people think make it out to be. Um, he, yeah. he, you know, he's, he's a little prickly, he's a little aloof, but he doesn't seem like a bad dude. And there are also some, a lot of people his age who I think his personality very much vibes with and, and get it. And it's, you know, it's real to them. So I just see that differently than a lot of people. So I, to me, it's not a big deal, but you do need to find the right coach with this quarterback. And I think that we all would agree with the, the right pairing, because whether you like it or not, uh, whether you like it or not, Kyler Murray is going to be here at least for another three years because he is not tradable based on the dead cap hit. Uh, Wolf is asking, says Kyler tradable. If you look at the dead cap hit, realistically, you can't trade him for for at least, I'd say, about two to three years from now. And even then, the dead cap money is ugly. Um, so... I think you know we, we. I think we got to find a way to make it work. Like what we've seen from Kyler on the field, you can win with that if you have a good team around. And I'll, I'll just mention kind of the, the Miko Ryan's you talk about because a lot of people say, well, we should go for an offensive coach, and and I, I, I like that. Um, but I also think you look at like I, I've I made this comparison before. Look at the way that Seattle won their Super Bowl with Russell Wilson, a really good defense a good running back and a quarterback who made stuff happen. Right. And they didn't maybe a decent receiver like, you know, Doug Baldwin, but they did not have great receivers and they didn't have great offensive line. Right? Still pedestrian. Right. Right. But they won a super bowl. 
So, like, what happens? Just imagine, bring D'Amico Ryans in here, build an elite defense, fix the offensive line, and have Kyler Murray and a few weapons. You can get enough of offense out of that to win. And if you have a really good defense, even if it it's 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 a, fluctuates a little bit, you'll still win games, right? So that so to me, I'm in on the D'Amico Ryan's approach for that reason because, like, if you have a great defensive coach, you just need to have an offense that can get you enough. And Kyler, and an offensive line can get you enough. Right. I mean, look at the Steelers; they were three yeah. and seven. They kind of batted it down and finished was it six and one, and then. Joe, we were wrong. We thought this was the year Mike Tomlin wasn't going to go 500, right. and he went over 500. Dude, the dude is they were gifted. Healing. That was pure luck. I don't Who care. He's, just, he's the man. He, you have Kenny Pickett like back there. Yeah. Like, like, come on now. Uh, we don't give out Steelers phrase on this channel. I'm sorry, but I I love Mike Tomlin. I think he's yeah, I fantastic. I In the last 20 years, what what team has won a Super Bowl without a top 10 defense? Minus maybe the Chiefs, their Super Bowl, their defense wasn't spectacular, but still might have been. Uh, I think Patriots, their defense, I think. I think their defense tightens up in the playoffs, though. Like that's kind of the Chiefs yeah. thing is they defense plays well when it matters, but just mind boggling. But well, most of the Patriots Super Bowls came from top ten defense. I don't think Brady's ever won a Super Bowl without a top ten defense. The one Aaron Rodgers uh, Super Bowl. The Green Bay defense was out of the world that year. Uh, the Steelers took them to many Super Bowls in the early 2000s. The Seattle defense, the Legion of Boom, took them to Super Bowls and won them one. Like the the saying is there for a reason. Like defense wins championships, and it's real. It's boring, but it is real. And if you have a guy like Kyler Murray who has the X factor of that, and you've got a defense that's going to carry you. Kyler Murray playing backyard football is going to put up enough points to mm-hmm. win some games if your defense is good enough to hold on. Um, so having the the little Russell Wilson type of quarterback like that is is the perfect formula to a Super Bowl. So maybe uh, a head coach that is defensive minded is the way to go. I mean, Steve Wilkes didn't pan out, but um, you know it, it's just because you have Kyler Murray under a big contract should not determine that that is the type of, of head coach you have to get. You can win with, with, with either you can win with D'Amico Ryan's if you get it right. And you can win with an offensive coach. There's not one formula for, for that. Right. But it, it can work. Right. Um, so, you know, uh, I <laughs> level seven has been going on. So I'm going to get your comment. Why won't you guys acknowledge the fact that our defense personnel is built to run Zimmer? Vance, he's been commenting about uh, you've been commenting about Vance as a top coach candidate. Um, I don't, I don't, I think, I don't think you do. I don't think that's the reason you make a decision. You don't, you don't hire a coach because you've built the personnel a certain way. You hire a coach because it's the right coach. You can, you and you, you, you adjust the personnel. Vance Joseph has not done enough to earn consider to, to be a, to me a legitimate head coach candidate right now. If you're a defensive coordinator and you're going to be a head coach candidate, you have you better be like one of the top rated defense, like D'Amico Ryan's is. And Vance Joseph hasn't done that. So now I'm out. I'm out on Vance Joseph as a top candidate. I don't care if they built the roster for him. You you they do this all. You do this all the time. You bring in a new coach. They they find where their players fit in their scheme. And over a year or two, they change the roster to fit what they need. You don't you don't hire someone for that reason. That's just yeah. You know, so 
but I want you, you've been you've been you've been kind of trumpeting that Vance Joseph. So yeah, level seven. I just don't see Vance Joseph. I don't think that's a reason to hire him. I don't think I don't think you hire him as uh, for for well for a number of reasons. But um, I know a couple of gentlemen need to get out of here. <laughs> uh, so I want to give everyone a chance. There, we could go on forever because <laughs> there's a lot of comments, a lot of folks in the chat, and appreciate everyone who's been hanging out with us. Um, <laughs> right and, you know there's a lot going on right and um so you know so there's fans there's energy it's it's good it's a little bit anxious but it's good i think um so why don't we on our way out uh let everyone just kind of say you know whatever you want to say on your way out and then promote anything you want to promote that anything you're working on or anything you're doing or anything you want to say on your way out so aaron your your parting remarks um that's it's it's great to finally for the first time in four years um actually at the end of the season be able to be like you know i can i can wear this stuff uh wear my cardinals jersey and hat around and not feel this just like someone's gonna be like oh yeah you're those guys and be like well whoever this new coach is i'm at this point i'm fully ready to dive in because i haven't really dove in honestly with the coach since steve wilkes got the hire and honestly that went the way that it did um to uh but you know i'm I'm excited for the future uh to quickly address paul g's comment uh i highly respect buddy morris he knows a lot more than i do right now hopefully i know as much as he does uh as a high school strength coach so uh, I t- I'm flattered by the company that you think that I am in, but I got a long way to go. Um, uh, just make sure you guys are, you know, checking out Joe and Kyler's stuff on uh, Easy Sports on the Ground. I'm on there as well. I've only got had time to write one article. I'm really going to work on getting some time to get some more up there. Um, and uh, you know, uh, thank all these guys for uh, being able to get out here for tonight because this this was a lot of fun, and I was looking forward to it. So it's been a blast. Yeah, it's been good having you hanging out with us again, Aaron. Uh, Kyler, what what are your parting thoughts? Well, it's been so good to see you again, Aaron. Um, it's nice to feel some type of excitement after such a slog through the last half of the season. Um, it is maybe unfounded excitement because we don't know where we're going yet, but it's something. Um, and, and it's nice to feel that way. It's nice to have a a community to talk about that stuff with. We had a lot of good questions and, uh, as always, I really enjoyed it. And and after this, go, go check out, uh, azsportsunderground.com. Awesome. Troy. Yeah. Um, again, it's all the fear of the unknown at this point, you know, I mean, all this feels really great now, but like by the end of the week, it's Vance Joseph and Adrian Wilson. <laughs> oh, man. It's going to be a quick, quick, yeah, right back down to earth, um, which I don't think it will be. But, yeah. you know, you always have need a healthy dose of, healthy dose of pessimism. Um, but, no, I'm excited. I hope I hope everything turns out the way it, it will. And that uh, I think next year is going to be a little more of the same, but just a little better. Um, I think, you know, if we get in a run, we get in a run. Hope Kyler heals well, and then we're back at it. Because, you know, being a Cardinals fan, it's it's like a exercise in how much self-loathing you can handle. So, um, <laughs> and the Suns aren't giving us any reprieve as of late. If anything, they're just no. laying it on another layer. So, buckle up, fellas. And uh, I don't know. I've nothing to really shout out. If you like watching soccer, Premier League soccer, you can follow me because I'm Tottenham fan. Another 
have a healthy dose of health uh, self-loathing. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I will say my final thing is Sean Payton. He talked a lot about the Cardinals at some point in the you know on the herd. I don't think that's nothing. Just throwing that out there. I agree. I I think I think there's and people have kind of commented how uh you know uh that when when Michael Bidwell was asked about Sean Payton he had a little bit of a he smile smiled. you know he I, smiled. so you know I don't know if that's anything but um yeah so you know uh I I don't know but yeah thank you guys it's been great hanging out with you guys again I know you guys gonna get out of here thanks for hanging out with us thank you for everyone in the chat make sure you uh follow uh, go to azsportsunderground.com check out our content follow me on the cardinal rule and watch for mock draft mondays coming soon and sometime in the next week <laughs> mock draft mondays all right thank you all uh it's been great hanging out i'm gonna throw up a shout out for the channel members and then we're gonna get out of here so again thank you everyone peace Jalen Carter, Jalen Carter, Jalen Carter. O-line. <laughs>